Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates. It's a podcast that, you know, started out as a thing where I went on a bunch of dates to try to get myself out of a rut and evolved into other daters going on dates. Of course, right now in the time of quarantine, well, we have some listeners calling in with FaceTime date experiences, which is really exciting. But, you know, we don't have Olivia, our regular dater, going on dates because naturally we want everyone to be safe and protected and I hope everyone is hanging in there and your loved ones are okay. That was a big spiel, but welcome if you're new. (laughs) We have a really good episode today. We were so lucky to be joined by the hosts of Were You Raised by Wolves, which is an excellent etiquette and manners podcast that I really love. And that was Nick Layton and Leah Bonima. They joined us later. We talk about most dating topics under the sun and what etiquette applies to them. It's, I think it's a perfect distraction for right now we only talk a little bit about dating in the time of covid so i keep changing in the time of quarantine covid i mean i just it's okay we haven't named it yet i mentioned this in our interview we don't have a cute name yet i think someone should invent one um it's probably not gonna be me um but somebody should i like remote dating the last episode we did remote dating yeah so you know How is your remote dating going? We have more listeners reaching out. We're going to have more listeners calling in and giving their experiences because that feels fun. But Liza, how are you? Well, I was also going to plug, we talk a little bit about it, like you said, in our interview with Nick and Leah, um, mostly about like, what are the ways to do this that makes it not weird? And how do we do it politely? And how do we treat it? And uh, I think it's a good, helpful conversation. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot as well. Uh, and you should definitely check out Were You Raised by Wolves, excellent podcast that is not only about dating etiquette, it's about all sorts of etiquette. Also, if you have not checked out our bonus episodes on Patreon and you are interested in donating to Feeding America via Patreon and getting some extra content, we are recapping Sex in the City Season 1. We just did Episode 3. It is something, you know? Check it out. It's a we, weird one. Yeah. There's some dicks. It's great. It's, you know... I just, mean, we don't see the dicks, but Carrie sees a dick, and it's, like, the impetus of the whole episode, which I just think is hilarious. Uh, but we talk all about it, and, yeah, our as Kimmy said, our first $500 that we make on Patreon, we're going to donate to Feeding America. So if you have been thinking about donating, this is a great way to get something extra, and it's really fun to rewatch Sex in the City, and uh, you can hang out with us while we do it, while we're all stuck inside. So just go also, to patreon.com oh, slash first dates, or... No, that's wrong. That is our ad code. Just go to <laughs> patreon.com slash 51firstdates. And follow us at 51firstdates on Instagram. Join our secret Facebook group. Email us at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. And you can email us if you want to come on and chat with us about remote dating. If you just want to talk about your dating life story, like we are really enjoying connecting with listeners at this in this weird time. That's all our business. Is that all our business? Yeah. So I think business. it'll be really fun before we get into the meat of this episode to talk like kind of etiquette manners adjacent. More like, more like, it's not etiquette or manners, especially because we just learned exactly what those mean more clearly. But it's more of just 
what's the vibe? Is this a good vibe to be putting out on social media? So I have, it's kind of a, to borrow from another podcast called Keep It, my Keep It to the the quarantine posts I've been seeing. I have a very specific type of post that I want to say keep it to, like enough of those. And Liza, I, you and I talked a little bit about this, so I know you agree with me, but if you have a separate hot take about quarantine content, I'd love to hear yours as well. But mine is, I just want to, you know, say that I am not here for the first photo challenge. I am no. not into it. And if you haven't seen this, it is couples challenging other couples to post the first picture of themselves, which is a fun, cute idea. I will admit, day 13 and I were like, what was our first picture together? But neither of us posted it because I, my take on this, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to shame anyone who has done the posting, it is just another way to leave out single people. And so my roommate started the worst photo challenge, which has not gone viral, but we will make it happen. And I myself posted my worst photo. It was me crying because my Instagram was hacked, holding up a sign. It really looks like a mugshot because the sign has a number on it, a code for Instagram, my Instagram handle, and my full name. And my mascara is everywhere. It's it's a really bad look. And it was fun. And it felt like an F you to all the – I just – I cannot get behind this trend because it feels single shamey. Well, I just feel like it's already really tough for people who are quarantining alone, Right. Like, I have a couple of friends who are quarantining alone, and it sucks. And, you know, it just – it's a shitty time to be uh, – to not have, like, your social outlets. So uh, already I think that there's a lot of couples who are really self-congratulatory just about the fact that they're couples. And I think it is um, a way that people make themselves feel better than other people that is not okay because being in a couple doesn't validate who you are that's not you know it's not like a blue instagram verification check mark like it's it doesn't it's nothing like we've all been in you know not we that's not like we haven't all been in couples but lots of us have been in couples we have all been single at some point and these things come and go there's a matter of there's an element of luck there's an element of uh what you want like lots of people don't want the same things and that's also fucking fine um yeah, I think overall there's there's something about it. I don't like showiness about relationships on social media, and that is not a hot take, and I've talked about it before, and I'm sorry if you disagree with me, because I know people will, and I hope I'm not making anyone mad at me. But um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the right time when there's a lot of people out there like grappling with loneliness. Yeah, and even as someone who's in a relationship but is quarantined on the other coast of the country from him... Uh, I've been trying to just be conscious and like with some friends who are single and also alone in their apartments to even not complain too much about being away from my partner. Like I lived so many years of my life without a partner and it's definitely sad once you have someone you love in your life, like being so far from them. Don't get me wrong, but I even feel grateful that I got to, this is so woo-woo of me. This is who am I? But I'm trying to practice like being more appreciative of the fact that I do have him on FaceTime, like to even have that kind of, because every connection matters now. And the one thing about a romantic relationship is, you know, to borrow the term that everyone borrows from Grey's Anatomy, like you're each other's people. So it's like you're you could have a best friend but you might have like multiple friends it's a little bit more of like a dedicated person who's going to pick up your FaceTime or at least tell you why they can't hopefully so and romantic connection you know so I feel even grateful to have that at this time I don't like that challenge because it's annoying Liza is there any other kind of content it could be banana bread it could be is there any other content out there during this time that has you feeling like 
no thank you i mean i this is just pure like comedy snobbery of me i'm getting really tired of people making the same 10 jokes on instagram and twitter and acting like they're very original <laughs> i'm just being a curmudgeon this has become like uh, me complaining about things i i uh feel you're like not being intro. a curmudgeon tell me some i'm sick of the memes just I- like okay this is you know what this is actually something that katie storino of um formerly the 12-ish style but i think now her instagram is just katie storino but she's been on the podcast before and she's the founder of mega babe and she's Amazing. like so so cool it's like it's insane uh but she is has been posting a lot about body shaming and like exercise shaming and like don't overeat shaming that's been happening in quarantine. And I feel like, you know, Kimmy and I have both talked about our long and fun uh, stuff with body image and eating disorders. But uh, it's the the pressures around getting like super fit and also the struggle of being home with like food and an enormous amount of stress and sometimes sadness uh that's been really getting in my head and i'm so yeah the push-up challenge annoyed me uh which you know that uh, maybe that's fairly harmless i just think it's a good time to remind everyone that your body will probably change in quarantine and that's because our whole life has been interrupted i'm doing not the things that i usually do and it is fine for any changes that occur it's completely okay like i just i think everyone needs to be easier on themselves and i think people need to stop like you know talking up their exercise regime on the internet and talking about like their quarantine bot like fit quarantine bodies they're getting like i'm kind of just good on that yeah it's tricky i went at the beginning of this i was actually surprised i don't keep a lot of food in the house generally but that i was controlling myself with groceries i was working out every day because it all felt so sudden and new i was definitely having too much wine at night but i felt like semi-healthy the weather was better. I was getting out for walks. And this week, I, I mean, my legs are sore because I went on one walk this week. Like a walk around my neighborhood made my legs sore. It's And I've struggled to not eat the groceries. Tony sent me a care package, which is so sweet because he's in North Carolina where there's a lot more things on the shelves. And there were some potato chips in there. And that was a problem for me. But it shouldn't be a problem. Then I had to like think about Katie Strino or these amazing people who are like, stop making this let me influence your quarantine experience by showing you mine and how you can use this time for good. Because we talked with Lindsay, I think in an appropriate way, about how you can try to take advantage of this time to do certain things you want. But you should not be pressuring yourself. There are plenty of articles saying this, so it's not an original thought, but just to remind you all, you know, this is an unprecedented moment. <laughs> that word is so overused as well. But you are just, you're quarantined in your house. So don't, beat yourself up for anything you do within that unless you're you know i guess be yeah. mean to others or be nice to yourself listen to your body etc this is how i feel right now is like you know there's potato chip days and there's running outside days and there's you know not not leaving under the cover days for me at least yep. so the weekends have been not leaving whatever yeah yeah well if you have any pet peeves or things you're loving, because we're not only negative, please shout us out. Email us. We'll share them. Um, I've been having some fun with – I won't subject you all. We tried this in the bonus episode. It's a little hard. But those different houses, the quarantine houses, like pick who you'd quarantine with. It could be restaurants or – I've been having fun with those. So there is content that's good out there too. So send that our way as well. 
But most importantly, totally. we hope you're all safe. We would love if you could either, you know, support Feeding America through our Patreon, let us know what you want to see more of there, or just rate, subscribe, review. That always matters and still helps us out so much. And that's how we were able to get guests like those that we have coming up right now. We've got Nick and Leah from Were You Raised by Wolves? And I think it's a very fun chat. Yeah. We're going to have a really quick ad break, and then you're going to hear more from us and Nick and Leah. All right, great. We are so excited to be joined by Nick Layton and Leah Bonema, the hosts of Were You Raised by Wolves, an excellent podcast all about manners and etiquette and just not being a terrible human. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> Nick is a two-time Emmy award-winning journalist. I'm bragging about them. I don't mean to embarrass you. This is probably not great <laughs> etiquette. And Leah is a comic who's been on Colbert and is just super, super funny. So thank you both for being here. We are very excited. Oh, thank you. This is a treat. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited. Of course. We're thrilled to have you. I mean, we've been so, I feel like since we're all locked up in our homes, anytime I get to talk to someone who I'm not quarantined with, I'm like, hi. Oh my God. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's it's extra great to have human contact outside of my parents' house. <laughs> and yeah, we, first of all, love your podcast, but also just, I feel that you know, we talk about dating, obviously, and there's a lot of bad behavior in dating. So what better um, humans to get some advice from than Nick and Leah? So we're going to dive into all the do's and don'ts, hear from the experts themselves, get some great takes. But as we always do to break the ice, I think, Leah, you might have one, but a worst first date. <laughs> do you want to yes. share it? <laughs> yes, I am. Um... This is worst on I my behavior is abhorred in this, but I thought I would just own it. Uh, I don't think I've actually ever shared this story out loud before. Um, I, I've been with the same person in 13 years. So this was this was my very early 20s and I was misbehaving. So not that I'm trying to excuse myself. That being said, I went on this date with this guy, first date, New York City, and he was horrific. Um, and, and I didn't know how to be like, I can't handle this. I got to go. So I tried, <laughs> I tried to crawl out the bathroom window in the restaurant. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God. Leah, what, what? Also like, yes. what? the idea, the idea of a New York City bathroom window. Oh, it's if like you're the size of a, it's so small. I don't even know what I was, I was just so like, I don't know how to get out of this. And I was like, I could fit through that window. Obviously I couldn't. And obviously I was like, I have to go back to the table and figure this out. But there was that moment of like, I'm just going to go, I'm going out the window. <laughs> oh I mean, in New York City, you don't know what's on the other side of that window. That's how bad the date was. Wow. <laughs> wow. So A, what happened when, A, what made the date so bad and b what happened when you went back did you like did you make an excuse and exit did you sit through another another no, chunk of date i sat through him continuing to you know when you just at that point in my life i didn't have the skills to be like hey you know um so i sat there you know and just listened. he was just like not a nice man um you know you just show up and you're like oh my god uh, and I didn't have the, so I was like, climbing out the window seems logical. <laughs> okay. So oh I went, God. I went back to the table. I think I like grabbed the check when he went to the bathroom and paid for it. Um, and I was like, okay, thanks. Bye. 
God, I mean, that's the worst. The feeling of being stuck somewhere too. And th- honestly, this is a good first etiquette question. Is like mm-hmm. if you're on a date and it's horrible and you want to exit, what is what do you guys feel is okay and like not okay? I, I think it's not okay to go through a window. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do if you're on such a horrible date that you want to end it? Mm-hmm. I think dates sort of are like a story. There needs to be a beginning, middle, and mm-hmm. end. And this does not have to be a long story. Mm-hmm. You still need to go through that journey. So I think uh, one good advice, and this is not an etiquette question, I think this is just a good dating advice question, is don't have a full meal on your first date. Let's not make this long. Let's make it quick. If we are having a great time, how wonderful. Mm-hmm. Lots of ways to make it longer. So I think coffee, great first choice. You know, that's 30 minutes. Anybody can tough out 30 minutes. You don't have to go through a window in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that would be the, the best thing. If you have committed yourself to a full meal, then you're there through the full meal. I'm so sorry. That, I didn't make you go to that dinner. So <laughs> I think you got to stick it out. Um, but I think you do need to go through the full arc, the full journey of date. All right. If you, okay, I feel like this is a question we get a lot and it's something I have struggled with. If you're on a drinks first date and so, and you finish your drink, it's, let's say, you know, a nice 45 minutes and they want another round. Is there a polite way to gracefully exit? Yeah. Oh, yes. I think with anybody, that doesn't have to be a date. That could be like a work person or a friend and they want another round and you're done. You'd be like, oh, thank you so much for this drink. It was great chatting. I have to go. Yeah, I feel like that's solid. I'm like a Gemini and a youngest child, so I have a really hard time, like, disappointing people and saying no to things when it's important i can say no for for everyone's record but like that strikes social anxiety fear in me of like saying no but it's you guys are completely all accurate and the three of you smart people being like yeah you can just leave is valid one of the things that we talk a lot about on our show is the idea that you can be polite and you can set boundaries at the same time that these are not mutually exclusive things you can totally be uh, firm and polite at the same time. So you can be like, oh no, I I don't need another drink, but this was great. And you can say that in a nice way. I think a a variation on this question is they want another round. You don't want another drink, but you do want the date to continue. I think in that instance, it's totally fine to say, I'm going to pause or I'm good for now, but get another drink. Would love to keep chatting. That's totally fine. You don't have to end the date just because you don't want to drink anymore. And yeah. you never feel like you have to get another drink when you don't want one just because you want the date to continue. That's a yeah. great point. Great point. Great opportunity for a seltzer and bitters. Yeah, sure. I've been trying to switch to that occasionally <laughs> so that I'm not um, a monster at bars. Why don't we go? I feel like we should go through some of the like most commonly asked dating etiquette questions, almost like rapid fire and see what you guys' gut response to them are. Sounds good to me. Sound like a plan? Kimmy, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Well, the thing that we always get and, you know, I guess taking taking maybe gender and, you know, sexual orientation out of the equation, who pays for the date? And so maybe thinking about it from perspective, like, who do you think should pay the date or should it be split? We get questions about that all the time. Um, I think we've discussed on the podcast that whoever invites like whoever invited the date is the person who pays. Um, I also know that I have paid for things because I I know that no, nobody is obligated for anything if somebody else pays. 
but sometimes I want to make something very clear. And so I pay. Yep. Because I don't want any of that over my head. Not that there should be, but I still feel sometimes there is. And you want to make it so clear. Hey, thank you for spending time, but I am paying for myself. Yep. Totally dig it. I think uh, one thing maybe just to take a step back is to think about like, what is modern dating? Um, Miss Manners, a lot of people don't know that she's really a historian first uh, and then was sort of an etiquette expert second. So Miss Manners has written about the idea that dating is really a 20th century construct. Because in the 18th century and the 19th century, if you wanted to court a lady, she was living at home. And so if you were a gentleman, you went to her home and presumably her parents, who she lived with, were providing the tea and the crumpets and whatever else was happening, the refreshments. Um, and so it was really only in the 20th century where, you know, you might actually take a lady out. Um, so Ms. Manners sort of just wants everybody to remind themselves that like, this is a relatively new idea. And so then there's sort of two concepts about this idea of like who pays. So Leah is absolutely correct. I think when you are hosting an evening, you are the host, the host does take care of the refreshments, things like that. And that would be definitely an Emily Post sort of uh, flavor. Like Lizzie Post, the great, great, great granddaughter. <laughs> like she would agree with you. That's totally what's happening. Uh, that's how you decide who pays. Uh, I think the problem is though, with so much modern dating, who initiates is not clear. Like on Tinder, the conversation could be something like, hey, we should hang out sometime. Yeah, cool. Like maybe coffee this weekend? Yeah, there's this cool place near Union Square, like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm around Saturday. Is two good? Yeah, yeah. let's do two o'clock. Okay, see you there. Who initiated that? You know, who pays? You know, so we have both decided we want to go out. So Miss Manners, her approach to hosting is more about the idea of reciprocation, that you want to take turns. You know, I invite you over, uh, you invite me over, like, we go back and forth. So on a first date, uh, certainly some person could treat, but then the other person should make an effort to try and reciprocate in some way, um, in a nice PG way of reciprocation. <laughs> and so then the question is, they're like, well, how do you do that? So, you know, I think you should always go into a date just expecting to split. I think that's a nice default setting. You should never have the expectation that you are going to have this meal paid for you, because um, those expectations always lead to trouble. Mm -hmm. And then I think once we have attempted to split it, if somebody really insists, you know, and some people really do feel strongly that they want to pay for the meal, then let them, but then maybe offer to take care of the tip. Or, oh, thank you so much for dinner. There's this great gelato place around the corner. Let me buy you a cone. Or this was such a fun evening. Next time it's on me. So, you know, that would be one way to maybe handle the reciprocation question. Um, if you're never going to see them again uh, and they insist, well, at least thank them sincerely. Uh, <laughs> and then I get to get a free meal out of it. But I think the idea that you are entitled to a free meal, this is not good. Um, and then Lizzie Post gave some interviews some years ago where she specifically mentions the idea that you should not look at the bill arrival as a test. This should not be a test. This is not a character test. This is not a wait to see, does he pick it up? And this is not uh, to be used against them. You know, you can't go back to your friends the next day and be like, can you believe it? He didn't pay for dinner. Like, don't do that. So that's not polite. Um, yeah. So these would be the ways in which we might think about who pays. But I think if we had to just come up with a rule that's universal, just split it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this makes so much sense. It gets tricky. I mean, I'm just thinking about like 
talking about dating historically, I feel like as a woman who dates men, I have always super internalized the idea that like he should pay and I haven't actively dated in like a very long time. Uh, and even then, like I wasn't really going on dates. I was like, you know, meeting guys in bars. That sounds whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever, like your twenties and it's fine. Um, but I, uh, I feel like it can be so, I think so many of my female friends who date men still have a little bit of that expe expectation that like they should pick up the check and it is, it's very tricky, but I feel like at least like a hearty offer to split it is always a really good move. I also think histor like historically, um, women have, if I try to see the other side of it, women have spent more money, you know, on a woman mandate than not all the time, but a lot of times girls, a lot of my friends have said to me, oh, I get my, got my nails done. I got my hair done. I spent all this money to get there. And then, you know, I'm lucky if he showered. That's, that was her, you know, my friends thinking on that. Um, not that I, you know, but that's something I, I hear from a lot of my girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. we've definitely why they, they want, yeah, why they want their, their person to pay. Yeah, it's definitely tricky. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's a weird, uh, like, 21st century decision like ladies out there dating men have to make right now like i i would like to think that me now as a woman in her 30s if i were to like hit the dating scene i would be like no keep things balanced crumble the patriarchy uh but the the thing is still in there it's still in my brain a little of like are you I, gonna pay <laughs> i think everybody wants to be treated you know, men, women, yeah. everybody likes to feel treated. So I think it's like, it's nice to have somebody cover something like Nick was saying, and then you reciprocate it. Like I've been with the same guy a long time and we share money, but we still, we, I'll pay for him at dinner and then he'll pay for me. Cause it just feels nice to have somebody be like, let me get that. Every, yeah. You know, I think everybody wants to feel like they've been taken out and treated like a princess, you know, men <laughs> and women. With etiquette, I think one of the ideas of etiquette is we want to show consideration to other people. And as a society, we have sort of trained society to say that when a man pays for dinner, that is showing he is interested in the woman. So we've sort of had this as sort of a baseline reality that we're working from. And so if the guy doesn't pay, then it's sort of like, does that mean he's not interested? And so then that makes people feel bad about themselves. Like, oh, he didn't pay for dinner. I guess he's not interested. Like, what's wrong with him? So this is sort of, uh, I guess, just the world we live in currently. But I think it's changing. I think yeah. most people and younger people are more interested in just going Dutch. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and I think it's also like, it's a lot of pressure for somebody to always have to pay. I wouldn't want someone to feel like they can't hang out with me if they can't pay for it, you know? Yeah. Like, it'd be nice if somebody would be like, oh, let's just get coffee or we could go for a walk. You don't want to have someone to feel like in order to hang out with you, you know, they have to shell out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very icky to think about, you know, and I do then see, you know, again, super gender normative, stereotypically men paying. That's an investment. Dating then would get very expensive rap rapidly if you're under the impression you have to treat people that you're dating all the time. It just doesn't seem fair to anybody. Yeah, I could imagine that it would make a person feel bad about themselves. Definitely. Another modern dating question that we, I guess we hear a lot of people's experiences with app dates, first date, people get a little flakier. So what are your, both of your thoughts on rescheduling the day of a date that you, you met someone on the app, you had plans? What 
are your feelings around that? It's obviously not great. Um, but if someone cancels on another person the day of the date, do you give them another chance? Is that it? I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> so I think with etiquette, it's never the crime, it's the cover up. Because things happen. Things happen. You know, things come up. And it's how you deal with it. So if you need to cancel on a person, no problem. How do you handle this? And what you do signals, are you really interested? So if you cancel on me, and in that same breath, you are not offering to reschedule somehow, then that signal's very clear. Like, I can, I can read between those lines. Okay, fine. But if you cancel on me, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I cannot make dinner tonight. But are you free Tuesday or Thursday evening? Like, you, if you're making an attempt to get me back on the calendar, no problem. Love that. That's great. So it's when you cancel and then don't make an effort, well then, okay, we're done. Yeah, I'm not gonna reach out to you again, that we're done. Yeah, that's a healthy way to look at that. I completely agree. Is that not how people are doing it? I mean- No, it's just very healthy. I mean, I've showed up at people's houses. Why didn't you text me back? No, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm so normal. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, one time, I'm thinking of a particular moment from my life where like I wasn't super empathetic, but it was <laughs> to a, a person I had never met. Um, I a first date, this is a few years ago, and he was like, oh, it's raining, can we reschedule? And I was like, that doesn't feel great. Like, I don't, I'm not even that invested in you, but just like, Oh, I don't like the rain. Like we, I was living in New York at the time, not even LA where people are truly tel- terrified of the rain. Uh, mm-hmm. But it just felt like, ugh. and there was no specific date. And I don't know, again, to Nick's point, it's all about the way in which you're rescheduling or canceling because I get it. I've canceled dates plenty as well. And did you offer to reschedule in that same breath? Yes. I always offered to reschedule because I feel like it's unfair once you've – well, yeah, once you've got a date on the calendar, I think I've always offered to reschedule uh, any chance you could do this XYZ date. Because I think I also, when I was dating, did not tend to put something on the schedule unless I was committed to going at some point in the future. Not – you know, it wasn't like I had to weasel out of things. I wasn't scheduling just to have something potentially to do. But I think also there's – I don't know. Feel free to disagree with me, you guys, because you know more about it than I do. But I feel like if you – Say we've all had days where maybe it's raining, but also maybe we're just feeling badly. We didn't sleep well. We Something's going on and we just know we're not going to be our best self on a date. I, in that situation, may make up like a tiny white lie and very immediately offer to reschedule. Like I almost feel like there to me it feels disrespectful for someone to be like, I'm canceling because it's raining. <laughs> like to not even put the effort into being like, you know, this day is crazy, like something went long. Can we please do Thursday? I'm so sorry. I don't know. Maybe not. Nick knows me. I'm like, I'm incapable of dishonesty. <laughs> um, That's so a I, good thing. <laughs> I think I, I but I, I think it's fine to be like, um, something came up. You don't have to like, you can just not say what it is and then try to reschedule. You don't have yeah. to explain why you're having, like we all have hard days and we don't want to go out. Yeah, I'd never lie. You never want to make up an excuse. That never works, ever. So don't ever do that. But yeah, you're not, uh, you're not obligated to give reasons, uh, especially to somebody you've never met. I think you don't owe them detailed explanation. Um, I think just say, oh, unfortunately, I can't make our date tonight. I'm so sorry. And then let's talk about reschedule. 
Oh my god, guys! I white lie like at least once a week. So how's that working out for you? It's honestly (laughs) fine so far, but it's related to the boundary thing. I'll bring it to therapy. It's fine. like we'll we'll earmark it be like nick and leah and not like me well i think that you shouldn't feel i think that you shouldn't feel bad about your needs like you feel tired and you and that's you don't owe anything to anybody you're taking care of yourself and you want them to have a good time with you you're just gonna reschedule and i think on a date especially a first date i think it's really important to always bring your a game because it's disrespectful to the other person to sort of bring your b game like you you should make an effort Somebody has created time out of their day for you. And so you should step up and meet them halfway. And so I think if you are feeling tired or you're not feeling 100% or you're not feeling like you're going to make the best impression, rescheduling, I think, is a better option than showing up, not really being your best. And then, you know, they're not going to have a good time either. Another question for you both that we get all of the time, we've talked about ad nauseum, is when, and it has to do with kind of whether you make up an excuse or not, when someone, when you go on a first date with someone and they ask you on a second date, uh, we have discussed this, we have our dream answer, but it sometimes can be really hard to just be direct, but also polite and tell the person you're not interested. Uh, For a lot of people, it's a lot easier to not reply at all, et cetera, et cetera. How would you handle this? I know, I know, Nick's jaw dropped. We've gotten lots (laughs) of emails from listeners. What do you each think is the best possible way, the most polite way to handle declining a second date um i mean with me you're looking you're talking to a person who genuinely tried to climb out a window because they didn't know how to i remember this guy he was like doing really loud voices um and like being rude to wait staff and i didn't know how you know now i would just handle the situation but i was so afraid of i guess being rude that i was going to be more rude you know what i mean um obviously i've worked on this but i I think, and I think, you know, this is something that Nick has said. So, but it's, if the goal is to not want to hurt somebody's feelings, which I think we all, whether or not, I mean, I know I really don't want to hurt people's feelings, whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. The easiest thing is to just pull the bandaid off and be like, thank you so much. Um, I, I was about to say I'm going in a different direction, but that's what I say in business emails. I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not dissimilar, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I don't know, Nick, you want to, what the word is there. And then, you know. Well, I think it comes back to, you can be direct and polite at the same time. And I think when you are an adult, adult dating uh, is a privilege and it comes with responsibilities. And so if you're going to date, one of the responsibilities you have is to, you know, be an adult about it. So if you're not interested in continuing a relationship, you do need to say that in a nice, respectful way, but you do need to say it. Ghosting is unacceptable, always. There are never an exception, unless it has to do with health and safety. Uh, other than that, unless a boundary has been crossed, like an actual firm boundary, uh, you're allowed to ghost in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. But if it's just you didn't like them, you cannot ghost. Ghosting is cowardly. So don't do that. Um, I think you wanna practice some good lines for yourself that you feel comfortable saying maybe we should try it all together yeah um, because i thank think you yeah i had a great time but i'm just not feeling a romantic connection with you oh, but i would love one. to stay in touch that's very nice that's nice yes. too because i also like how you added i'd love to stay in touch versus there, there'd be nothing wrong with saying this but sometimes people say maybe i see you more as a friend and then you have some obligation to maybe try out a friendship with this person you've met one time so i really like i like that it signals because 
presumably, if you've gone out with this person, there was something about them that intrigued you. Uh, and so hypothetically, you know, you have some hopeful compatibility in some aspect of your life. And maybe you do really want to be friends or maybe not. I think if you do make that offer, it's up to them to decide whether or not they want to follow up on that. You know, don't push a friendship on somebody. And usually most of the time that's a lie anyway. You have no interest. (laughs) So that's fine. But I think you want to respect them enough to say thank you for their time. And you want to respect them enough to let them know that you're not interested in anything further. So I think these are sort of baseline mandatory uh, requirements. I know sometimes in the past I've been nervous to say something to people because I was afraid and this sounds weird coming out of my mouth, but like I was afraid they were going to be mean back to me. Um, Cause you know, like with, you know, you'll walk down the street and somebody will like cat call you and then you are not even impolite. You just ignore it. And then they like yell at you and you're just like tired of getting yelled at. But um, I think that if you say something like exactly what Nick said, thank you so much for your time or, and then I'm not rom- feeling it romantically. If somebody comes back mean after that, then they can, you know, go F themselves. You were polite. You were upfront. You were honest. After that, then you can just block them. You know what I mean? If that is a fear in why a person might not respond. And a 2.0 version of this text message maybe is to specifically call out things that you actually enjoyed about the evening. Like, oh, I really enjoyed hearing about your trip to Iceland. Or thank you so much for that great baking tip about bananas. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something that was like, oh, I was actually engaged and listening in our conversation. Um, I, I didn't feel like it was a waste of my time uh, spending that hour with you. Um, I just don't feel like I, this is going to go further, but like, I still am appreciative. Um, that's really nice. That, that 2.0 version, uh, if you can pull that off, this is the really the nicer way to do it. I'm trying to like, you know, summarize all this. It's one, express gratitude. Thank you for your time. The second part really needs to be a very clear, I'm not interested. It can't just be, I've got a lot going on in my life, to Nick's point, mm-hmm. saying something like, I don't see the romantic connection. And three, kind of the icing on the cake. Well, no, that's actually terrible. No, not what I meant. But then something kind about them, whether it's I'd like to stay in touch or specifically kind about what you enjoyed about your time with them. That feels like a... I think that's very nice. One thing that people are very tempted to say is, I realize I'm not ready to date. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. People yeah. use that line. Don't use that line. Because what yeah. you're saying is, based on my experience with you, mm-hmm. I realize you have made me feel like I don't want any part of this. Yeah, like I feel like people say that because they think it's nicer. It's not. They think it's like it's not you, but it's nope. so about, it makes it so about them. Terrible. It's very don't short-sighted. Yeah, it's also like when people say, I think I'm still in love with my ex. I I had somebody say that to me and I'm like, you could just not be interested. I don't need to know that I'm driving you back into the arms of ex lovers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like we're good on that. Uh, Here is a thought experiment related to this, but slightly different. End of a date. It's gone fine, but you know, you're not interested. The other person says this was fun. Let's do it again sometime. Like in their goodbye to you. Mm. What do you do in that situation? Is that a moment to, I mean, I think in some ways that's almost a colloquialism. Uh, is that a moment to then nicely say the things we've just talked about? Or would you wait for like a text exchange or like an actual invitation on a second date in that scenario? It feels like that, oh, this was great. Let's do it again sometime is just a vague uh, nicety. Uh, that's not an actual invitation. 
Um, if sometimes a date ends where it's like, this was so great, do you want to catch that show we talked about this weekend? And it becomes a little more concrete. Well, then, you know, you could then maybe say something. But if it's just a, let's do it again sometime, I, I think you don't need to follow up uh, yeah. in that moment. Yeah, in my dating experience, I, you know, I don't have the data on this, but it felt like the amount of times the people who said, let's do this again sometimes were actually the people who never reached out or wanted to do it again. So there is a correlation there. I don't know if that so was just me. So true. But, yeah. So true. Yeah. Stick with it. Stick with it. It was great to meet you. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that Thank weird open-endedness puts everyone in such an uncomfortable position too. Like I feel like people uh, mention that a lot and then you say, yeah, or something because you're on the spot and you can't think of the right you know, way to avoid it. Um, guys, I'm sorry. There's like four dogs in my house and they're all barking. I'm really sorry. I just, for some reason, uh, I had a memory back to a bad date in the middle of that. Um, and then uh, it made me think about something to add on to the money conversation earlier. I remember one time I was dating this lawyer and he clearly had so much more money than me. Um, and then, so I couldn't split it, the places we were going to. And then I felt uncomfortable about money. So um, I feel like I actually, I, I love Nick's idea about, you know, up top, just do a coffee or something. But I feel like I had to find a way to say that to him. So I didn't feel nervous the whole time about like, you know, that seems like a wonderful, I love the invitation. You know what I mean? Like I had to find a way to openly be like, you make way more money than me. You know, if you want to go there, I'm happy to join you um, because I didn't want to be uncomfortable about money the whole time. Yeah, money is so tricky at every stage of dating too, I feel like. And it really is. It's it's always – it's uncomfortable in any relationship, even with family that I've been in, I feel like. Uh, and then, you know, I think there are definitely episodes of your podcast that people could go listen to. But I guess – when is it appropriate within, obviously not on a first date, or I don't think it's appropriate on a first date, when should you have those money conversations as you start dating someone if there is kind of a gap in what you're able to do? Even with trips, I feel like this comes up, maybe your first trip together, travel, even, yeah. So our show is sort of unique in that we really stick to the lens of etiquette. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, oh, should I break up with my boyfriend? I don't know. Can I do it on a post-it note that I leave on the fridge? We'll weigh in on that. Right. right. So, you know, the money conversation, you know, that's a, that's a dating question that goes beyond sort of etiquette. I think the etiquette rules that apply though, is you want to be mindful and considerate of other people. And so a different economic uh, situation, you want to be mindful of that. So if you're the wealthy lawyer taking a young Leah Bonima ingenue out on the town, <laughs> um, you know, you want to be mindful uh, that, you know, she's not going to be able to afford the burden there. Um, and you don't want to make things uncomfortable because making people uncomfortable is considered rude. So, you know, I think that happens at all stages in the relationship. Um, and I think, you know, as a relationship goes on, you know, etiquette rules don't necessarily apply. Like the idea of open communication is, you know, is that an etiquette thing? Probably not. Um, but you know, certainly with dating, you always just want to be mindful of the other person and the money part is definitely part of that. So it's just incumbent on you to just be mindful. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I think if you're direct and upfront about it, which I do think is etiquette because then you're not guessing what anybody thinks or you're not assuming they know, or you're not assuming you understand what they're saying. You just say, and you just say it. 
You know, and I, I think mean? you could say if it was at an expensive dinner, like, oh, that place is so lovely. Unfortunately, I can't really swing that right now. But would you be up for this place? An yeah. alternative restaurant. And then they could say, no, no, my treat, really want to go there. Okay, fine. Yeah, I think it just the best way is to just be as direct as possible in the politest way possible. Yeah, no, it's 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 so funny. I feel like I've asked you and you have had to repeat yourselves because it ends up being very simple in some ways. Like having well, good etiquette, why isn't it why are we all not better at it? You know? Well, what's amazing about etiquette is there are really actually I mean, there's manners in etiquette, if we mm-hmm. want to, you know, take a bigger step back. Yes, please. And I, I like the mismanners definition, which is manners are kind of like the universal principles by which we all sort of uh, live our lives. And these are sort of universal that they transcend culture. You know, the idea that we don't want to hurt people when we drive our cars. That's manners. It is good manners to not hurt people. But then the etiquette is different. Etiquette is different in different cultures. So like the etiquette for not hurting people when you drive in the United States is we drive on the right. The etiquette in England, we drive on the left. So the etiquette sort of manifests differently for the same principle. And also like having a hat in a house of worship. In a church, you would remove your hat uh, and not have your head covered. In a synagogue, you would have your head covered. The manner is the same. We want to show reverence to God, but the etiquette is different. And so, you know, when we think about these universal truths, being kind to other people, be mindful of other people's feelings, um, those are universal. And we just need to take those and apply those to all the situations in our lives, including dating. So like, oh, should I ghost? Is ghosting okay? Like, just go back to those original principles, which is, no, that's rude. That's disrespectful (laughs) of people's feelings. Can I be a half hour late for our date? No, that's disrespectful of people's time. So like, you know, you could just always go back to the basics and you'll usually have your answer. And I also think that um, with, or this is something I think based off my experience as a woman and some of my female friends that we have been told as far as your question about why it seems so hard. Mm-hmm. We've been told for so long growing up that like, it seemed like, being honest was against being polite to other people and that I was supposed to not say what I wanted because it was somehow unfeminine or selfish or bossy. And so then we push it all down and then we try to say things around what we want, um, which actually is making things murkier for other people. People can't guess. And then we're like, why aren't you guessing? And I think that we have to unlearn a lot of things, or at least me, I don't want to speak for other people, that I learned because I thought I was trying to be polite, but it's actually just making things way more difficult. Um, So it's like, I'm just, we're all allowed to say what we need and then we can say it in a polite way. Yeah. So if you're uncomfortable, you don't want to go on a date, you want to go on a date, you can just say that directly in a nice, with a nice, you know, thing around it. Totally. Girls are so socialized to be pleasers above all things. You know, go give this guy a hug. Oh, why didn't you do that? You know, it's very, we're, we're supposed to be uh, pleasing to other people. And that's like, my mom's like a super intense second wave feminist. And I still have so much of that downloaded, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it, it does take some unlearning. It took, for me, um, a lot of unlearning in my career. I think I've been in a relationship for most of the time. Like I wasn't dating while I was, when I was dating, I hadn't done a lot of that work. Uh, but it's, yeah, I think it's, it does, it takes, it takes a couple steps. It takes a little bit of, of like uh, un, unscrewing some screws in your brain. Yeah. And or screwing them, rescrewing them. I don't know. I, I don't do a lot of tool work. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so 
why don't we do like a brief chat about dating in captivity, aka COVID dating, aka remote dating. No one has a cute name for it yet, I don't think. Um, is there? So people are, are are starting to try to figure this out. We're probably here for the long haul, uh, and you know we've been talking to people who are like, do I need to put my whole dating life on hold? Kimmy and I don't think you do. You know, the internet exists and it's great. But to be uh, to be very clear, because there's also another trend of people still trying to push limits and yeah, get, no, not have people person. come over. Do not. <laughs> Thank you on. for clarifying. <laughs> Sorry, yes. just online uh, dating using the internet only. Um, so, but obviously it's weird, and we're kind of trying to invent it. Uh, do you guys have thoughts on ways that would be, um? you know, kind of like polite and maybe also acknowledge that it's uncharted territory to like invite someone on a FaceTime date or uh, ask someone if they wanted to talk on the phone. So I think one thing to remember is the rules actually really haven't changed when it comes to dating. They haven't. You know, the idea of being on a date and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to act and I think it's the same. So I think if you want to, you know, have a FaceTime coffee with somebody, it's the same invitation. Hey, Want to grab coffee on FaceTime on Saturday? Okay, great. I mean, same idea. So I, I don't think there's anything different there. And I think the same idea of you should be on time for your date. Don't be late for your FaceTime. Mm -hmm. That's still rude. That, that hasn't changed. Um, I think one thing that is different is that uh, it will feel a lot more intimate a lot faster, you know, because you're in someone's personal private space. You know, you see their home. Uh, and so, you know, that, that is something that is a little different where it can feel in, more intimate faster, sort of kind of like, uh, uh, love is blind, you know, where these people go from zero <laughs> yeah. to marriage very fast. Yeah. So, you know, I think it has a little bit of that flavor to it. Um, but I think the idea of you still need to be respectful, you should still be listening to them. You should still be engaged. Um, you should still, you know, be fun on the date, you know, all of those same rules. I don't think it's any different. And I think at the end of the date, uh, you know, when you're done, you're done. If you wanted to do it again, you would send the same text message or the same, oh, thank you so much, I'm not interested, you know, the same rules. Um, one thing I think I would suggest is because it's an opportunity to get to know somebody, um, make it, uh, you know, be open to that. So if you wanted to have coffee, like make coffee, uh, explain what you're doing. Like, oh, I really like this coffee because it's X, Y, Z. Um, like the mug I'm actually holding, Leah Bonima's mother made it. Wow. This is a original Bonima mug that Leah got me. Um, so gorgeous. you can talk about that. Um, you know, if you love, love uh, you know, mixology, you could say like, oh, I made this drink with this gin that I really like. So it's an opportunity to, you know, be more revealing about yourself uh, in a kind of a comfortable way. And getting to know somebody is sort of what it's all about. But I don't think the virtual dating is really any different. If anything, I think more people should get into it because it's way more convenient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, we were Way saying you could really, like, if you wanted to do your own Love is Blind from home, you could really, like, knock out a lot of dates. I think there's something powerful to dating, you know, going on many dates in in not a super long span of time. All you have to do is just put a post-it note over your camera, and then it is Love is Blind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Truly. No problem. Yeah. Um, do you think that... And I guess this applies to regular dating, too, but I feel like every time I talk to anyone in this in this you know global crisis we're in the first thing i want to ask is like how are you doing with this are you okay do you think that's too much too soon like is there a reason to avoid asking 
how someone is handling quarantine in in favor of lighter questions earlier on? Um, you know, I'm never I I I love too much too soon. That's my whole brand. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there is how are you doing with this? I think it's a fair question. It's a we're in insane circumstances. It's a whole new um I think and my initial I could be wrong. I think asking that question, but then if you don't know the person well to then dump how you're feeling and if especially if you're spiraling, might it might not be the best time to be talking to someone you're on a first date with. But I think just discussing the what's going on in the world isn't bad isn't bad at all. Well, right? I would approach it in the same way you might ask somebody, but like, oh, how are you liking the presidential election? You know, it's a it's a headline, potentially provocative. Um, you don't necessarily know where they're going to come down on this uh, or if they have strong feelings at all. So, you know, but to ignore it completely, I think would be a little strange because it's like the whole reason why I'm not having coffee with you in person is because of this global event. So to totally ignore it, I think would be a little strange. But yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't look at it as an invitation to uh, dump on them or like solicit, you know, deep feelings if they're not handling it well, um, for sure. As a follow-up, because you mentioned the election, and I feel that, you know, just given the state of the world that, and in 2016, you know, the leadership of this country has been very top of mind. What are your thoughts on, you know, historically, I feel like people don't discuss your political opinions at all, ever. But what are your thoughts on bringing that up on a first date? I mean, I think when you are dating, and I think maybe for any relationship is, you need to be very clear with yourself, like what is important to you in the relationships that you have with other people? What qualities do you find important in the relationships that you develop? Like for me, I really value loyalty and reliability. Like if I had to pick two words, those are like my top headlines. And so in any relationship I'm gonna develop, I, I look for that. Uh, so if you're dating and you are really passionate about politics and it's really important for somebody to be politically engaged, uh, and it's important for you to have them be on the same page as you politically. They're like, not only do you need to be engaged, but we have to have the same politics, then you should absolutely have that right up top. Because, you know, you don't want to bury that, have that come up several dates later, because then you've just wasted this person's time and yours. And like, what have we done? So I think it just comes down to what is important to you. Because on a date, you know, what you're trying to do is figure out like, do we have something here? And you can only know that if you really kind of have a good sense for yourself of like, what is important to me? What is it that I'm actually looking for out there? And do you have those things or those needs you can meet for me? So I think if you want to talk about politics, have at it, uh, if that's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that I was craving me. those scenes in Love is Blind. I was like, they must have talked about this. I know they're trying not to alienate anyone. You know, I know Netflix is trying not to alienate anyone. But um, yeah, it's always a tricky, a tricky issue. And But in etiquette, we always talk about reading the room. You know, know your audience. So, and part of etiquette is sort of being uh, aware of the other person, which involves listening to them, picking up cues if you can, you know, are you making them uncomfortable? Do they want to be talking about this? And so, you know, part of being on a date is the same thing. Is sort of like, have we gone into a territory that's maybe a little, uh, a little stressful? Maybe we want to back it down a little bit. So, you know, if you're having a political conversation, it feels like, oh, maybe we, this is too far. You know, dial it back. Don't keep going full steam ahead. I mean, Leah r r was at a party recently uh, with full of parents 
where somebody who didn't have a, a parent, you want to tell this anecdote? Oh yeah, this was um, pre-corona and I was at a party and this person who does not have children was telling this story they saw on the news and they were telling it very offhandedly like about this crazy thing that happened to this kid where this kid died. And there were two parents in the room and they were in the circle and they were like upset. Um, and they were like, cause you know, they, the story to this person was just like, isn't this the craziest thing? And they were like uncomfortable. And the, the person didn't dial the story back at all. Even though one of the moms was like, I, uh, you know, it was too much. So there was no reading of the room there. Um, and that being said, separately from that politics, like, I would never be able to date somebody who wasn't invested. And so if I throw off a comment that I think our uh, federal government is a bunch of criminals and that offends somebody, then we're probably not going to be a good match. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like, you know, we're, you guys are both in New York, right? The yeah. New York area. Yeah. And it's tricky because I feel like sometimes in New York, we can safely assume more about other people's politics. It does tend to be, you know, like fairly on one side of the fence, although, of course, not you know, uh, across the board. That's a very, very large generalization. But uh, I think this is a thing that comes up for a lot of our listeners who are not in New York. And it's really tricky. It's it's like a very, and, and there's a lot of more, like a lot more politically mixed couples out there. I mean, we got most of our negative reviews when I said <laughs> I did not want to date a Trump supporter. That was when we got our most negative reviews ever. So, you know, I was closed-minded, et cetera. And I've tried, you know, Everyone the thing is, is that you can do what you want and they can do what they want. And I think that's the important thing of dating. Like if something is important to you and you want to talk about it, I don't see how that's, and the other person should know that about you. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's no miscommunication. Yeah, no, I agree. I've always felt comfortable, especially when it's top of mind during an election. Like I've felt comfortable on dates talking about that early, not shaming anyone for their views, but I don't mind even if we're on the same quote unquote side talking about something that's in the news and it going to potentially affect our lives yeah i think the etiquette approach to talking about politics is to talk about policy not people mm. so i think if you can focus the conversation on you know a policy problem and do we agree that this thing is a problem and then what are ideas for maybe solving this problem and taking it outside of party or uh, personality or whatever i think this is often a better way to actually have an interesting conversation about you know, politics in general. So like at Thanksgiving, this would be a tip. You know, yes. obviously the first preference is just like, don't talk about it at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But if it comes up, this would be uh, the approach. It's all about policy, not people. Yeah, because that's also a lot of common ground. A lot of times people on both sides of the aisle have actually the same things on certain policy. And we've just gotten so somehow, you know, but like yeah. we have a lot of the same feelings about things. One last question before we wrapped. Um, I was wondering, Nick and Leah, if either of you or both of you have any kind of like hot takes on etiquette around dating, maybe things that are your own opinion specifically, not, not things people typically adhere to. I don't know if this is an etiquette thing. Well, I guess this is an etiquette thing. Listening. You got to listen. Like it's a conversation, it's not a presentation. And I've definitely been uh, on a lot of dates where there was not a lot of listening happening. Uh, and you know, and you wanna share anecdotes that might be interesting. You know, I, I've lived an interesting life, but uh, if you're not interested, uh, no problem. Um, you know, no skin off my back. 
but uh, I think listening is really uh, an important thing that people really should be mindful because uh, it shows that you are interested in the other person. Uh, it shows courtesy and consideration. And also people like to feel heard. So it makes them feel nice. And uh, you know, if you actually are interested in this person and you, know, you show that, well then this is good. Um, if you don't show that, well then they may not be super excited about you. Yes. A hundred and I think that's a great words. one. Yeah, it's really good. And it's so simple yet again. And definitely it falls within kind of these basic tenets of etiquette that we I keep like thinking about how are we not all following these already and how am I not even always great at following them but that's why our show exists I know yes. Yes. this is if everybody was doing it we wouldn't be totally relevant <laughs> that's true yeah um but it's even, crazy a lot of a lot of people I feel like out there you know we we get a lot of worse first date stories about dates where people go on them and they don't get a word in Mm. And dating is supposed to be an opportunity to get to know someone. And I think when you are, I, I think someone who loves to hear themselves talk is such a red flag. And yes, I know I have a podcast and that's uh, <laughs> hypocritical, but it's, it, it happens so much. It, we hear about it so often. It's like pretty upsetting. <laughs> Leah, what about you? Any thoughts? Um, I, well, earlier Nick said that his most important qualities in somebody was reliability and uh, loyalty, right? That's what, and I was like, that's so funny because those are also the qualities that I think I look for in a person. Like, and that's why we get along, Leah. <laughs> a, like, very, that's why this might work out. <laughs> it's very Gandalf. Like I want someone to show up. And um, I was thinking sort of the quarantine um, I don't think it's any secret. I have a therapist. So my therapist said to me, oh, you seem to be handling this fairly well as in your relationship because we haven't had any. And I think it's because, A, we've been in a very small apartment with odd working hours for a long time. And also we've had to like had a lot of life things come up that we had to deal with. But I also think in dating, like when Nick said, like my major qualities that I care about are reliability, loyalty, um, you know, I want somebody who's kind and sense of humor, but like you're dating a whole person. There are going to be parts where you don't handle things the same way and you don't have to handle them the same way. But if they meet your core values um, and you share those core values, then everything else is sort of, I think I personally try to dating, I can let all that other stuff go. You know, the things that I really need have been met. Um, so if somebody does something in a different way than me, you know, I see people fighting on the internet about how people do things differently. It's like, I'll just put on my, I'll just put on my earphones and go in the other room. You know what I mean? Do it however you want to do it. As long as you show up when I need you to pick up my parents. Yeah. No, that's great. That's really, I, I feel energized by that. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Uh, great take. Uh, well, thank you both so much for being here. I really hope our listeners who haven't listened to your podcast yet, go check it out. I, side note, really enjoyed the whole Cheeto, chopsticks and Cheetos recently. I was just like, it expands beyond dating etiquette. So I just want to remind our listeners who haven't been introduced to you, but please tell everyone where they can find you and find the podcast. Just were you raised by wolves? Instagram, Facebook, the internet, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we, we got the SEO covered. So just yeah. Google it and we'll be, we'll be there for you. Well, thank you both so much. We really appreciate this and you taking the time out on a Friday. Thank you. This was a treat. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.